New Zealand to Budapest. Me and my man Eli, we've been rocking with the best. Keeping it funky, keeping it spunky. The people that love me. Yeah, you know we got raps. You know we have fun, you know we make podcasts. Asperger's. I can't lie, play now on Spotify. What? Welcome back to part two. There will be no transition. Here is stuff. By any means to keep our lives a 24-7 vacation to as much as possible. I mean, yeah, sure there's been times where I would like a beer. Sure there's been times where you have kind of took a step back, you know, had to handle some shit, had to kind of go to work, had to make some money here and there. And there's been times for me as well where I've kind of, you know, taken a step back from traveling and doing this just to kind of handle my shit and go to work a little bit and get things in order. But for the most part, as much as possible, I wouldn't say it's been 24-7, but in each calendar year, you and I have spent at least three months every year, more even maybe up to four or five or six months traveling to some degree, whether it's miniature daycations or week-long road trips within the States, within California, or full-blown crazy shit for multiple months at a time from fucking acting like degenerates in the streets of Copenhagen to living in a goddamn van in New Zealand. New Zealand. And we've done we've done quite extraordinary things, which um, I've been pretty... Do you know how many people fucking think I'm a compulsive liar? Every time I tell these stories, and like I said, I'm, I, I was just about to say, like, I'm pretty humble about a lot of the shit we've done because we have done some fucking crazy shit, which literally stems back to us going to Sex Addicts Anonymous meetings. It stems back to us dually being like, yo, this is who we are, and we step out of our comfort zones, and we step out of our comfort zones fucking well, and we're never afraid to do anything, whether it's to talk to these girls, go to this meeting, catch a flight to this country. And fight some random dude in a bar in Thailand in the, in fight, the ring. Getting drunk and boxing <laughs> in Thailand. We've done some pretty extraordinary shit, and like you said, people don't fucking believe me when I say these stories, and because of that, for over the years, I've remained quite humble and kept a lot of these things to myself, other than like posting a picture in the moment of when we were there. But um, just me talking on this podcast, I feel like I just have a lot to to let out and just speak with you about because I don't really speak with people about these things because like you said, they look at me like I'm either A, fucking insane or B, I'm a compulsive liar. Yeah. You want to elaborate? I'm not as humble. I'm more of like, hey, my life's fucking awesome. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that's how my inner me wants to talk but yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty quiet about that's that. why you have way more friends than me <laughs> I don't have a lot of friends a lot of people think I'm way cooler than I actually am no exactly I, I think just, a lot of people you know making friends at, at this point in my life is so much harder than back in the day well because back in the day you're in a structure in a system where they send you to school and you make friends by association but no no I, it was harder in high school I'm talking like college oh yeah you were a fucking loser in high school I mean, yeah, I was in fucking boarding school. It's all right, bro. I went to boarding school as well, just like you. Well, we talked about that. See, we were so similar in so many ways. I went to boarding school in New Hampshire for a bit, and I went to four different high schools in four different states. I never had a lot of friends in high school either. It wasn't until, like, senior year in San Diego, and I, you know, started meeting some cool people and shit, but I moved around so much in my life that I never, like, found friends or, like, like-minded individuals, and... 
Yeah, I used, I used to think I was like the the black sheep and just the odd man out, and I was like, I still I'm, do. I'm pretty sure I'm. Well, well, I mean, now I now I have friends. Now I have fucking people like you that I know that I'm like, all right. So you have if other, I if I tell so you have, so now from being the 99 white sheep and one black sheep, now you're in I got my a, black sheep group. Now, exactly. Now you're in a world with 90 white sheep and 10 black sheep because through your travels and through your experiences, you've met other people that kind of feel the same way as you have the same outlook on life as you, a.k.a. me, a.k.a. Omid, a.k.a. other people that just share similar personalities, similar traits, and they're just kind of down to get out of that box a little bit. Yeah. And it's just like, it's harder to make friends because I just come out guns blazing with like who I am, and I'm just like, yeah, just fucking do shit whenever, and people are like, what do you, I don't fucking get that lifestyle. Like, I'm, I gotta go to work tomorrow, I gotta, I don't know. And yeah. we're just like, I'm just, we're just doing our things and we got all these stories and people don't believe me and like, yeah, dude, I'm like, I'm the most honest fucking person. I feel vilified. I feel attacked. Yeah. I, I, we're honestly, the victims here. I mean, social media glorifies a lot of shit and I really don't have a lot of friends. Do I have a lot of, okay. Yes. I know a lot of people. It's well, you're on good terms with a lot of people. You have a lot of connections. I have a lot. I, I know a lot of people from a lot of places. But I've you keep your circle small because my actual my actual circle of people that I invite to my house to stay, to sleep on my couch, people I travel with is less than ten. Like I don't have a lot of real friends for for the reasons of how I've been living my life. It's like I have a lot of potential good friends, but to maintain a relationship. Yeah, you need, you need that's spend, also why we've remained single for you need quite to, some time. You need to spend quality time with with your homies, and 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 it goes with girls too. And it's like, it's it's kind of um, a con in in regards to uh, living this way. But I don't think I'd have it any other way. Like, I have a lot of people in my life that I could be really good friends with. I know girls in my life that I could totally be in a relationship with, but I'm never fucking here nor there, dude. Yeah. And because of that, and, same. Pe- and people, and it's the same for you, people know that I'm always, you know, in this place or that place, and I'm not, I'm never in San Diego for that long period of time or wherever I am. And, and nobody wants to wait and, on you. And nobody wants to wait on me, and nobody wants to, it's kind of a fucking lonely position to be in, um, but once you find your black sheep, I kind of, it kind of makes everything a bit better, because no matter where I've lived or no matter where you've lived... We've always found a way to link up at least every three to six months. Well, I'd said I'd said at another point, like um, someone was talking about, like, don't you want a relationship, like a girl that you can like vibe with and you have the connection with, and blah blah blah, and like you know you they got your back, and I was like, yeah, dude, that's what my friends are for. Yeah, like I can, I might not get to fuck my friends because I'm not gay. <laughs> But, like, dude, I can hit you up at any time. I don't have to worry about you being like, oh, you're just going to fucking text me now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're just going to come back? No, it's like, dude, we're fucking homies. We're not, we're not in a fucking relationship. We don't. Yeah, we just always pick up where we left off last kind yeah. of. I don't, I don't know when the last time I seen you was. But, yeah, it's, it's that same kind of same kind of feeling of um, just kind of keeping it moving. You're living your life. I'm living my life. I, we're both black sheep. Both kind of. I've always felt a little bit on the outside of things and it's always good to like link up with my people that view the world that same way and I've tried to integrate my friends from the other side of life into my lifestyle and it just never worked you've it's, always been really good about being in, an inclusive friend 
Like you give shout outs, you I bring you link people. people you, yeah, you bring people. You're a social adhesive. Yeah, I've, I've never had like a friends group. That's a thing. I take black sheep from every. Same, group. same. I got friends all over the place. And then I'll bring those people together. And be like, yeah, you're gonna kick it with this guy, and I'm gonna bring this guy, and then all of a sudden, like, we'll have a night with five to ten people from completely different walks of life. Um, I don't know. I've always. Instead of just choosing to associate myself with a certain direction or a certain group of people, I've always just associated myself with people that I want to be around or people that are like me. And so I've I've fucking had friends. From Which is hard to find. Very hard to find. But when I find these people, I'm like, I'm going to fuck with you no matter where you live. And also when you find those people, they have circles of friends that you're yeah. not on the same page with. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, yeah, you guys are chill. Like we can we can hang out. We can we can have a good time. But it's like the ones you're gonna stay in contact with. I, mean, I, I stay in contact with people like from such different walks of life and circles, and I've never let like distance uh, be a thing. I've always been like, oh well, you're from this country, but that one night we had, whether you're a guy or a girl, it was something real. I felt real like human connection there, and I'm gonna fuck with you like forever. And who knows, three years later, that person is, hey, I'm in San Diego. Well, boom, you got a place to fucking stay and vice versa. I've traveled the fucking world on couches. I got friends in almost every country because I've chosen to see the good in people and find the good people within every bad crowd. And um, I've I've made friends from, you know, all over the fucking place and maintain those relationships to this day. And some of them I haven't seen in years. And it goes for girls, too. I've met girls in this country, that country, that I'm like, damn, if I lived in this country, like, full time, that's a girl that I would for sure, like, be involved with in a relationship, but I can't, but I keep, I stay on good terms with people, like, I'll, anywhere. I firmly believe relationships are the most important thing other than biological necessities. Yeah, I think, in, in as far as, in regards to, you know. You know, besides like food and sex and sleep yeah. and blah blah. In like to friendships happy, is yeah. what's Yeah, like if you're if you're like, if you're a real one and we have a genuine connection, I don't give a fuck where you live. Like you've heard of the rat how far you are, I'm fucking with you, period. You've heard like, of the rat experiments? No. Alright, so basically the Stanford rat wait, maybe that was a Stanford prison experiment. They had an experiment where they, where they had this rat uh they had they had rats in a cage by themselves. They had one water water bottle of water and another one next to it with water with cocaine mixed in. Yeah. Every single time the rat would do the cocaine, kill himself. Then they built like this rat utopia where it's a bunch of rats and uh, they basically have all this socialization and it's a comfortable living area for them. And they also have the water and the cocaine. And in that situation, the, the addiction level was almost non-existent because they had that natural dopamine and like uh, you know the fucking I don't know serotonin and like positivity from each other as opposed to an artificial um, like cocaine stimulant thing so basically the like the addiction boils down to not having a social group or like not feeling accepted or belonging hmm. in rats at least and I believe the same in humans because I mean shit I've done my fair share of drugs and they've always been I've never been hanging out with you and been like I'd really like to get some blow right now 
Really? Why is that? Because we have a good time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't like... I feel like I just don't put off that vibe. I don't know. Well, I just mean like... The, yeah, you've never really done any drugs around me, but then you'll tell me like crazy stories about drugs. Yeah, because I know you don't like drugs, and I like you way more than I like drugs. And I can't do I can't do drugs. I drugs are a shortcut to happiness. That shortcuts to happiness are ne- shortcuts in general are, are never really a good thing. Like fast money is usually yeah. illegal. Um, I don't. I, I've made a bunch of metaphors about this. Where if, like, you run in a straight line, it's not as uh, yeah, like caloric. I, and, like it's not as caloric, and like the metaphors of like being on drugs and running like, up and down and a mountain. Like when that running up and down the mountain, but they say like when you run up the mountain, the stream doesn't flow. When you can lead a horse to water, if the apple doesn't fall <laughs> far from the tree, right? Dude, just don't count your chickens before you lead a water to a horse that makes you drink. Exactly, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world apple. <laughs> Gandhi. You know? You can't teach a horse new apples falling fall from the tree when you lead it to the stream. An eye for an apple is whole world horses. Yes, exactly. So anyways, back to what you were saying, dude. These metaphors with drugs and all this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, of course I've done drugs. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've experimented with a few things a lot back in high school, but every time I did it, it took my mind to a place where I was like, whoa. I've had people tell me my whole life, like, are you high? Are you on drugs? Like, you're yeah. fucking weird. And yeah. I, I only get that when I'm sober. My mind is already fucking crazy Well, enough. not the are you weird part, but... My mind is crazy enough that I don't... I feel like every time I do drugs, it puts me in a bad place, like, where I don't need to be. I feel like I already view the world on such a incredible level of, like, weird understanding and visuals and... I don't know. I've, I've always, in my own head, I, I, know, I always know I've been fucking kind of drumming to a different beat. Well, you're, you're a fucking visionary. Like, you can see things before they happen in an artistic way. Like I, Oh, for sure. You know, um, you know Gary Vaynerchuk? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, he's cool. He, he was talking about some shit about how he was like, I, can, I just feel like I can see patterns in, like, business and marketing before it happens. Yeah. And you're, you're that way with, like, art and music, where it's like you can, you can see sounds and... Like yes, visuals. exactly. I, I have I have a you basically just have like a, a vivid imagination. I have a very vivid, strong, and the ability to carry it out. And make well, it a what it what it is is it comes down to sensitivity. I'm extremely sensitive person. I'm I'm like I'm like I'm sensitive as fuck. Fuck you. Did that hurt your feelings? Dude, I don't want to do this podcast anymore. I was just kidding. Thanks. No, I'm not sensitive in that way at all. Like when people, there's a there's a common misconception about sensitivity, and people say, "Oh, I'm sensitive." They think it's like in a, a weird, like emotional, romantic way. I'm not sensitive in that way at all. Like I'm all for you know having love for your friends and having love for your girlfriend. Would you just that. pick up on how people are feeling? I'm sensitive in a sensory way, like a like a like a like a. You're, what is the, break down the word sensitive? It's yeah. sense. Okay. Taste, smell, touch, vision, hearing, all this kind of shit. Incredibly simple yet profound. Exactly. So basically something I've noticed since I was a very, very young kid, I pick up 
energy very well. Like I can walk into a room, I can feel negative, I can feel positive, I could be around people and I can almost see if they're negative. I can almost see like a red glow around them being negative or happy people. I can almost see a, a yellow glow. I could it's like it's like a fucked up thing where I can like taste colors and hear whatever. Like I, I my senses are I just fucking off the charts You wacky. should I, do acid. I exactly that's why I shouldn't do acid because <laughs> my mind is already on this fucked up level like for example like i think of, people always like oh man why are you always hanging out at the cliffs like i you follow me on instagram or any social media you know i'm always hanging out by the ocean watching sunsets not in a romantic way i just love sunsets why because for me i don't know how it is for you but i feel like it is 10 times more i mean i could just be talking shit and it could be arrogant as fuck for me to say this but i feel like a sunset is like just it's like opening a fucking pirate's treasure chest full of jewels and these colors and clouds mixed with the sounds of the waves crashing and the smell of the salt and then playing my own fucking music out of my boombox and then drinking a bottle of wine all those like senses it's like a sensory overload of like crazy I feel it so much down to the core of my soul and that goes with love that goes with happiness that goes with hate when I feel hate and negativity towards me I feel that shit down to the fucking cells in my body if anyone's like when I was a little kid if like someone was mean to me like I would feel that shit down to my core down to my soul it would break me when someone would send me a compliment for my music back in the day that shit would put me on cloud nine and any form of happiness or anything shot towards me I felt it, whether it's positive or negative. If it's positive, I felt it in the highest form, negative. When I listen to music, that shit is ecstasy in my fucking ears. There's three kinds of people. There's people that fucking hear music. There's people that actually listen to music. And there's people that feel music. I'm one of the people that feel music. I've cried listening to music. Can you play music and be any one of the three? When I play music, all I do is feel it. But can you play music and just be the one that hears it? No. You have to feel it to play it in your mind. What do you mean? Like, I'm asking if you think, do you think, do you have to, you said there's three types of people musically. Yeah. Does the musician no, not, have to feel it? Not, can you, not three types of people musically. There's three types of people in general when it comes to music, whether they're musically inclined or not. But are all musicians in the same category? Ah, that's a good question. I think, well, obviously I think all great musicians have, I don't know. I think if you're a musician, you have to feel it. Because we all have those friends that they listen to music. They're like, oh, yeah, those, you know, those, those lyrics were dope. That beat was dope. And then we all have those friends that like, you're like, what do you listen to? They're like, I don't know. I don't even have Spotify downloaded on my phone. Like, I don't really know. Like, I got friends that like, I mean, they don't, there's not musically hip. And that's okay. But no, that's not okay. But, you know, I, I'm paying $10 a month or whatever. I got Spotify premium. I got SoundCloud premium. Like, I'm just a music fucking Ooh, head. I got all that shit. I pay yeah. money to like have music in my life. I spend a lot of money on musical instruments, guitar, and all these fucking things to, because I, I really feel music down to my core. I see visuals down to my core. Happiness, when I feel it, I feel it on the most euphoric cloud. Love. If yeah, I'm, when you hear a song and it just starts off, and in the first three seconds, you know, you like, and you just get the chills. Yeah, like, exactly. Ooh, like a Rhodes piano or like a vibe. And, ooh. I, 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 I don't know, man. I just feel shit. I feel shit. Very Do you feel happy. like and back to what you were saying about how like you felt insults, you felt compliments? Yeah. How do you feel now of like how you've progressed or ascended or even remained stagnant upon uh, the interference of 
external validation versus your internal motivation for your creation? Wow. Big words there. Um, it's a really good question. I used to like, I guess externally, I used to always like seek validation. and then it got, I mean, that's a classic human thing. Everyone well, yeah, does classic, humans. classic I used, humans. I used to seek validation from a lot of people. Uh, I mean, I was always at the end of the day doing me. Like Kid Cudi said, like, I never really gave a fuck. But I mean, I, I do. You, you know what I mean? Like Kid Cudi said that in the song Man on the Moon. He's like, I never gave a fuck what people thought about me. But at the same time, I did. It was kind of like that for a long time. And there was, I don't know, when I was in the Czech Republic, I experienced like a, kind of like an ego death. And that's when I realized I was like, I didn't care about what people thought about me anymore. And at the same time, I stopped caring about like music and like rap. I still cared about music, but I, I stopped caring about the image or character that I was trying to portray to sell music. Was and that the death of Chucky Slick? That was the death for sure. Um... I just felt like I needed to grow so much as a fucking artist and Chucky Slick was such a kind of, not completely, but to some degree like this cocky, arrogant, hockey, rapping character. Which was cool at the time. Fucking dope as fuck. Fucking great. You were, you were, you were what, you like a 19 year old superstar. Yeah, exactly. You were, at the, you were at the top of the world at that point. Or in my world, I mean, I felt top like. Top of your world. Top of my world. I was like a, I was like a. X or Z list celebrity at some point, I guess. Um, at top of the world, yeah, dude. There's been top times of the world where, like, many people, multiple times people have come up when we're kicking it, and be like, "Yo, can I get a picture with you?" Yeah, which is unreal. It was always weird to me. Like, I to this day, I never like believed it, but to this day, people would hit me up like in Canadian Canadian small towns and be like, "Oh yeah, if you came out here, you would pack the house for sure." And I'm just like. For so many years, I didn't believe it, and so I never like went on tour or anything. And then finally, at one point, I went on tour, and I was like, "Oh, I'm in Canada right now, and this show is crazy. People actually did listen to my shit." I you have any, any plans for Canada performances? Uh, not right now, but I just always—I don't know—I just always felt like that shit in the works, boy. I never felt anything different. I always felt like one of the boys, and um, I kind of experienced that somewhat of an ego death. And I stopped caring about that shit. I stopped caring about people looking at me differently. And I stopped giving people what they wanted. And then I just started being myself. And then I started posting pictures on my Instagram of sunsets. I started posting pictures of just adventures and traveling through Europe. And stopped catering to people that wanted to only see me post pictures of me missing my teeth and bleeding from my fucking face from a hockey player standpoint. I stopped giving a fuck about that, and I lost about 10,000 fucking followers. Really? Oh, yeah. For sure. Over the course of the last five years, I've lost 10,000 followers. For sure, because I stopped catering to what people wanted, and I started doing things to make myself happy. I started practicing self-love. I started traveling with you. I started going to fucking weird Sex Addicts Anonymous meetings. <laughs> I started fucking, you know, going to hostels in Budapest and fucking around. I started, hey, fuck it. Eli, do you want to live with a van in me in New Zealand? Okay, let's spend our whole summer traveling. No, I'm not going to spend my whole fucking summer in a studio saying shit that's not really true and fucking continuing this ego feel persona to sell records. I got to say, though, you're, you're one of my best fucking friends. And I'm not saying this because of that, but you're a fucking incredible rapper. I love your music. 
And it has nothing to do with the fact that I love you. It's just, if I didn't know you, I'd be a fan of you too. Well, thank you, brother. And everything you send me, you send me like unfinished shit. And like, um, he's got a song called Mad Rhymes by Chucky Slick on Spotify. I recommend checking out. That's Produced by J List. Produ- uh, shout out to J List. And um, that's the boy right there, J List. Dude, it's just um, you just got the you got the juice. I've always you got the, the sauce. I've always had the juice, and I know how. I'm cool as fuck. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm tired of I'm tired of like. I take back calling you humble, but uh, good fucking rep it, dude. If you got it, flaunt it. That's that's always been my my biggest issue is, um, yeah, exactly. External validation and flaunting, like I've I've always known. It's always necessary. It's always necessary, but at the same time, like if everyone says you suck and you're like, nah, I'm dope. You're delusional. I've always known, you know. I don't know. It's just I hate being arrogant, and then I hate being the, the only time in my life where I was like. Arrogant, ironically, I started getting a lot of the ball started rolling and people started like liking my shit because I was being arrogant. And the second I stepped back and became human again and started caring more about things that mattered, like my relationships in my life, the things I wanted to do, like traveling and hanging out with people that I wanted to hang out with, it was just like people were like, Oh, yeah, fuck that guy. He doesn't have a he fixed his teeth, he doesn't have a mullet anymore. Anytime he releases a song, it's not about hockey. Uh, fuck that guy. Unfollow. You know. And I never, took yeah. it, I never took it to heart at all. I was just like, all right, whatever. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna be me, unapologetically. And I, I just got to a point where I was delusional for two or three years. Then well, I got they to want you to be. Um, you're talking about people who don't know you, right? For sure. So when they see. Like, you were an icon at one point of like a, a, a representation, <laughs> neon icon. You're a representation of of something in the hockey world, and like people people want to um, categorize, um, you know, other people and like put them in boxes where like 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 Ice Cube for example. Ice Cube's not doing what he was doing when he was in NWA. Ice Cube's not rapping about killing people and sure. fucking the cops and raping girls it's and ice hookers. It's, it's, it's every, everyone. It's every, every artist. Every artist it's, today. There's growth. We're just no, no, music. It's just people. In music general. is acting. You sell records. You act. You think these dudes with purple dreadlocks and face tattoos? Well, not always. Of course, there's people that. I mean, people. Music talk is a performance. It's a performance, but people incorporate. But I feel like acting in, insinuates. Fake. Okay, you're right. Acting is a bad word, but people say what the people want to hear. Yeah. A lot of these rappers today are talking about like, you know, if you if you fuck with me and whatever, like we'll come up and pull up and shoot you up. Like you're not shooting anybody. But the people want to hear that because it's cool. And that goes for all forms of music. I don't think every country rock star is driving down a dirt road every day with a cold beer in the dash. Maybe he did it once or twice. You know, people say shit that people want to hear because that's a fucking business, all right? And Oh, that's just right, I disagree. I've been to Texas and that, they do, do, do that. Okay. <laughs> but proceed. It's just how the game is, right? People people say shit on the microphone. And I felt like I've always been a pretty genuine person and it started eating at me. It started, it got to a point where me, every fucking social media post, I just felt like I was doing it to gain clout or to gain followers in order to turn that into money. I mean, you do and, have you do have a duty. Yeah, and that's the, the as, that's the shit. I swear to God, like 
the platform. So it's not the, the platform thing is a it, first of all it's a full time job in itself. Is like I'm way less busy now, and that's why I'm way more happy. But the whole like clout thing, it's a full time job, like maintaining maintaining an image and a character persona in order to keep the ball rolling. But that means expectations. People expect you to act a certain way. So like for example, I would meet people out in public and they would expect me to act like some fucking, you know, off the wall, crazy, toothless, mullet, like hockey playing beauty. Maybe I wasn't feeling that way that day or whatever when I met this person. Maybe yeah, dude, I'm trying to get a California burrito. I'm not playing the game right now. Yeah, and then they would go on Twitter later that day and be like, oh, I just met Chucky Slick. He was a total fucking asshole. Oh, for real? He wasn't. You don't talk shit? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, the internet's... That's like, how you know... Dude, that's how you know... Dude, that, that's how you know you made it. The internet's When people start talking place. shit about you on the internet. I used to wake up... Every, I, that's my goal. I used to wake up every morning and, like, you know, read through my tweets. That should get to you? In the beginning, it did, because I, I was 19 years old and I didn't know how to handle it. Um, but, you know, I'd have people, like, tweeting, like, your fucking music is garbage. And, like, I'd be second-guessing myself all the time. And they're probably not wrong. I mean, I deleted half of the music I ever made. Cause I was, really? I was 19 years old, drunk, making music in my mom's garage. Like, a lot of it was trash. Like, people weren't wrong. And But when people say that shit to me as a 19-year-old kid, it really, it really got to my head. And I second-guessed myself a lot. And the next thing I know, I'm living in the fucking... Czech Republic by myself in a little village of 13 houses around a fucking pond questioning my life if I should continue with this character or persona and then that's when I decided that that shit needs to fucking die and I need to grow and I need to become a musician and that's when I started studying music theory and playing guitar and working on my singing and becoming which I'm so fucking happy about and becoming someone like you said on your Instagram today like how it used to take me two fucking minutes to find an E chord um, <coughs> it's just how we all start yeah I just always wanted to grow and I was tired of just like rapping on YouTube beats how long was I telling you to learn guitar a long time but I'm not hating on you know it's like that part of my life is is past me and I'm happy it is because I'm just you have to kind of move on from the past if, in order to grow into the new and I'm super thankful for my past because it has given me a lot of opportunity it's allowed you me have a lot of recognition and support because of your past because of my past and I have a platform because of my past and I'm able to utilize that platform to project to, yourself to, into the next into the next level and, and, and I've met a lot of great people because of it I've made a lot of great friends I've been able to travel all because I was just making songs drunk 19 years old in my closet second guessing myself playing a character but guess what? It it built me something that's really cool that I can't deny and I can't regret it. I've met amazing people. I've met uh, amazing females. Um, at least two girls that I've met since this whole fucking ride were a result of girls that just like followed me on social media because of the things I did in the past and the character I was. So I can't completely hate on that character because I've made great friends. I've met great women. One of them I actually got extremely like. Was the peak of Chucky Slick before I met you? Before you met me. Okay. Right around the time was when I was experiencing that ego death. But before you met me was like the peak of that. And to this day, it just kind of carried over and trickled off. And I don't know how it exactly it all goes down. But I've just a lot of great things in my life have happened. Um, whether it's good friends or traveling to good places or, you know, falling like deeply 
into a relationship with a girl that would have never fucking I would have never met her had I not made these ignorant egotistical fueled songs back in the day that gained me whatever they call it internet clout yeah I've met some amazing people this way I've, I've had ex- experienced crazy adventures I've had great girls come into my life that have just opened new views of the world for me and none of that would have been possible without all that shit that went down back in the day but I'm just happy where I'm going now and happy with um, kind of the new me the the traveling degenerate still playing hockey every day still me but I'm more in tune with myself and self love and, and relationships and um, just kind of and you can it. recreate yourself exactly and that's you what I'm doing right now and you know I don't want to get into quantum theory but like since you brought it up I'm yeah <laughs> Quantum physics. Quantum theory. Just every time I'm faced with a decision or uh, like a series of opportunities, I just weigh out each and every one and have them all play out mentally and like visualize what's going to happen, like weigh out the pros and cons. And then I try to convince myself that cons are the pros to convince myself that one way is better than another. And then I just end up in this clusterfuck of indecisiveness. And I just think... What I've learned is the best way is just just fucking do it. Just do to sh- make some make shit. Just keep whatever. Don't don't try to think too much. Yeah. Because you have the ability to overthink everything, and if you just say it's a human flaw, it's an intelligent flaw. It's it's, t- it's a human flaw, but it's an intelligent flaw. Not it's- everybody overthinks things. I think they do, but other people are better at kind of shutting that out. Well, I'm thinking of like. Like retarded people. Okay. Like there's no existential crises in Down syndrome. Yeah. Which I'm envious of. But I just think that um, the ability that you can have these kind of concerns means you have the potential to just create something beautiful just by going with your gut. And if it doesn't work out, you fucking... Start over, try again. Yeah. And just keep creating and just keep making and just keep doing shit until keep, keep something catches on. Keep and then when it catches on, you fucking, you, you realize, you try to understand why that thing worked. And then you capitalize on that and expand on that. And it's you just, can take that back to just you and I and all of our travels. I mean, the reason we've gotten to this point of creating these kind of unorthodox, incredible memories, can you can trace it back to that sex addicts anonymous meeting or you can trace it back to you know some of our early days of our most spontaneous moments of just fucking going for it just taking a chance and doing shit sailing away from our safe harbor stepping out of our comfort zone and creating that as a foundation for where we're going in the future we've done a lot of that and because of that we're able to go to this place and do this and do that and do band life and my relationships as well like stepping out of my comfort zone and being like you know what fuck it I'm, I'm in a coffee shop right now by myself and because of my past and because of how many times I've stepped out of my comfort zone what's gonna happen if I fucking go sit at this table with this girl sitting by herself yeah you feel like you could handle anything after I'm not we, scared after, after what we've been through but when I was 19 years old could I just go talk sober at 10 o'clock in the morning to the beautiful girl dude I didn't have sex with a girl sober until like last year <laughs> I wish I was but you know what I mean man yeah. it's like yeah 
I can do all of the things I used to be scared of because I started doing things that I was scared of a lot of times with you and with Zach Massey and a few other of our friends and our crazy, degenerate, travel, alcohol-fueled friendships of being spontaneous and just doing things out of the ordinary. has I've grown so much from traveling and, and these experiences to the point where I'm able to just kind of like meet someone and say, fuck it. Like you said, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. I might have to start over again, but I'm just going to go for this and have the best intentions and see where it goes. Whether it's fucking, hey, I'm going to rent a van in New Zealand. I don't know how that's going to go. Driving all the side of the road. Or, hey, um, this girl is really fucking cool and I've never really met a cool girl in my life like this before. But maybe I should just go for it because I'm comfortable doing that because I've been out of my comfort zone. I don't give a fuck if she lives on the other side of the world. I'm stepping outside my comfort zone. I'm just going to go for it. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. But because yeah, I'm, I'm in the midst of that right now. And I was at 1.2 and it's it can be a very beautiful thing. And I think life's too short to to really hold back on anything. And if you have the balls to go for it, just go for it. You know? She's another example of somebody who thinks I'm a compulsive liar because of how fucking interesting my life has been yeah that's alright but let's talk about New Zealand dude that that one night I know you know what the fuck I'm most beautiful about. fucking the country most, ever by the way that one specific night though was one of the most surreal like spiritual beautiful nights of my life the night we dug a hot tub on the beach we dug a hot tub on the beach crazy as fuck I don't think I've ever had a more supernatural experience supernatural that shit was crazy. I can't believe that exists on planet Earth. So we were down in New Zealand in the winter. In the... Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was about 48 degrees. Yeah. It, it wasn't was, terrible. I mean, it wasn't it was, terrible, but it was the New Zealand winter. It wasn't, wasn't comfortable. It was like jeans and hoodie weather, but... Let's back it up a little bit. We were in an RV. There were six of us okay, in an RV. Back six it up, dudes. Back it up a little bit. We were just... Okay, we got to back it up a little bit before we get to New Zealand because... Last where we left off, we were fucking around in Budapest in Europe. We ended up going to Thailand for a week before right, we went to right. New Zealand. And we did the classic Thailand. That was my second time. We did the classic Thailand party thing. We had an incredible time. We went to Monkey Beach. I tracked you down. I had to fly home to LA to work and fly back. Yeah. And I tracked you down just off based off everyone's Snapchats. Yeah. And I got to your room and I saw your fucking bags there. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then uh, I couldn't find you actually for like several hours. But I found your fucking room. Whatever. We had a good four so, or five nights yeah. in Thailand. We went to Monkey Beach. We saw a monkey steal that guy's beer and chug it. We, we saw a monkey chug a beer, which was incredible. And you fucking had that on camera. I did at one point. And you lost it. No. My phone got stolen. I passed out that night. You guys woke me up and said, what's your Gmail password? We're going to find your phone via the yeah, Find My Phone app. And I wouldn't give it to you guys because I was so dry. I was like, I'll tell you my password or whatever. I ended up losing my phone for the rest of the fucking trip. But my brother got bit by a fucking monkey on Monkey <laughs> Island in Thailand on his forehead. And remember we were all making rabies jokes for like a couple days. And then what happened? Three days later, we're in the small village of Rayleigh, Thailand. And my brother's health starts declining fast. And he was like, yo, Eli, Chuck, I don't feel good. And we're like, all right, man, like take an aspirin. 10 minutes later, no, like I, I really don't feel good. And then all of a sudden we're like making jokes like, bro, you better not start foaming from the mouth. 
Like you might actually dude, dude, rabies is no joke. No, not a joke. And at this point Untreated has an eighty five percent fatality rate. Yeah. Untreated after three weeks of the initial bite. At this point it's been like five days and we're like Googling symptoms and they're like, Yeah, if you get bit, like it usually activates within a week and you and me are like Googling symptoms and we're like, dude, this is not chill. Eric's not okay. And we end up finding we end up booking a room at that fucking hotel in Rayleigh. Eric's laying down, like dying in the fucking bed. We couldn't get the air conditioner on. Finally, we get the air conditioner on. Whatever. We ended up having a pretty fun night in the jungle of a small village in, in Thailand or whatever. I met another Australian chick, ironically. You met a fucking monkey, and I'm so jealous. Yeah, I met a monkey. And uh, anyways, Thailand was just an absolute blackout of a shit show. I can't really speak on it too much. We did a lot of things. Lost cell phones. Got rabies. Bit by monkeys. Went swimming with plankton. Um, you know, people got food, people got food poisoning. We just rode on the sketchy boats with water literally coming into the boat as we're out at sea. A lot of things happened in Thailand, but I think in Thailand was kind of a transitional point between Europe and New Zealand. A a, a great Thailand was just essentially a a fat five day party. Nothing Mm -hmm. too extraordinary. Just a lot of crazy, the typical Thailand ping pong show girls. Well, when you're confronted with a $3 like bucket of whiskey it's exactly you know i fought my brother in a bar in thailand <laughs> for free booze if you fight you that can, video is up on your instagram if you go on my instagram and scroll down far enough you can see my brother fighting in a boxing ring me and him for free we drank for free for the rest of the night it was great my brother actually went to sean green the actor pretty famous fucking actor oh yeah and he asked him to fight. Scott Evil from uh, yeah. Austin Powers. Also, he was in Without a Paddle. Yep, that guy. The voice of Chris on Family Guy. He was in the bar. My brother asked him to fight. And he's like, nah, man, I'm too Seth, Was it Seth? Seth Green, Seth sorry. Seth, Seth, Seth Green. Green, Seth Green. And, uh, so, and I ended up fighting my brother in Thailand. Probably got another concussion on the trip. Whatever. Good fucking times. Thailand was great. Eric hits hard. Eric hits hard. <laughs> Probably because he had rabies. <laughs> <laughs> He's just fucking rabid. He was just rabid. ravaging you. He, at, at one point, I stood up on the ropes and did a WWE body slam. That was a dope video. The whole bar went crazy. It was great. The entire thing was just an absolute, you know, girl shooting ping pong balls and smoking cigarettes out of their fucking vaginas. I didn't witness that shit till last week. It was an absolute shit show in Thailand. But then, what we were all looking forward to was we all put money down in the fucking only part of the trip we actually planned was we put down about three grand towards a fucking giant RV Winnebago. We were doing van life in New Zealand with six guys. The four of us were on the Euro trip together, you, me, Zach Bright, and Zach Massey. My brother had joined us in Thailand, and then Kevin- Yeah, we kept picking up people along the way. And then Kevin joined us in New Zealand. So we had six people in this fucking van that had three beds. So we had two to a bed every night. The fucking steering wheel was on the right side of the car and we drove on the left side of the road. So that was a fucking trip. And as a notoriously terrible driver, I did not get behind the wheel once. You were the only one in the car that wasn't allowed to drive yeah. the whole trip. Um, but that was the- That part, was for our safety. That was the kind of the cherry- Cause I love you guys. Yeah, for sure. That was the cherry on top for the whole world trip. It was the final stop. It was such an exotic, faraway country that we all knew about our whole lives, but never thought we'd ever make it to. We went, yeah, we, we, we traversed the entire country. It was two islands. Two, two fat islands. We started from Auckland, the North Island, and made, made it all the way down to Queenstown. Which is like a 10-hour drive or more. 
from Auckland to Queenstown. Direct? So no, only 10 hours? From uh, from the from Auckland to the that bottom. That took us, what, four days? Six days? From uh, It took us like four days from Auckland to the bottom of the... <laughs> yeah, everyone North we told Island. it to. We like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's way we, too fast. Well, we, we just kind of like... We did it on our own time, but... Um, there wasn't too much crazy shit going on in the North Island. All the adventures were on the South Island, but the one crazy thing was Coromandel Beach on the North Island. Everyone we talked to, we were like, hey, what should we do? What was it the hot water beach? Yeah. Coromandel Beach. We're like, Coromandel. Yeah. Never knew that was the name of it. Okay. Well, it was Coromandel or Coromander. And everyone's like, there's this beach on the East Coast of the North Island in New Zealand where if you find the right spot on the beach, and it's a very specific area, maybe 30, 40 yards. If you dig a hole in the right spot, it's on top of hot springs, hot geysers. So you dig a hole about the size of a normal jacuzzi and you and your friends can sit in this picture like you're on a regular beach digging a hole with a shovel when you're a kid. Same yeah, concept. yeah. It was, it was a hot springs, but it was just under the sand. Under the sand. On the ocean. On the ocean, like literally as waves are crashing in the sand. So we were, we kind of did our Google research and we tried to find the spot. We're out there for two hours. It's pitch We up. cruised in at like 5 p.m. originally. 5 p.m., but this was like the winter. It was pretty dark already. We cruised Cold. in a little bit of daylight, but by the time we started digging, it was dark. I remember us digging for an hour, and any any water that came through the sand was cold ocean water, and we were like getting really down on ourselves. And it was my brother Eric who was like, "Nah, we came all this way. This is a real thing. We have to find the hot water." Yeah, yeah, we were we were all pretty adamant. We were that, like, that's when we went to that little restaurant, and we were asking him about it. Yeah, and then so and then we go to wait for low tide. Yeah, so we waited and for low like, tide. You see that little rock out there? Yeah. You got to wait till that the water goes back that that like behind that rock. Yeah, and we we're like, dude, that's fucking far away. So we ended that up was like what, like fucking five hundred. Yeah, we ended up going back, walking down there, distance. and I remember one of us just like fucking. It was like striking gold. One of us like dug up little ones. We, we were we were walking, and one of us was like, ah, fuck. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and that was shit. It was so hot, and, and we turned on our flashlight, and it was just steam coming up, and we're like, oh just my from God. the ground, and the ocean was fucking cold as shit, like forty and fifty. Freezing. Degrees. And so I remember once we found the hot spot, we were like, all right, and we just, we struggled so hard to dig the perfect hot tub without the ocean waves coming in and uh-huh. building your hot tub. We built a little wall. So what we had to do is you had to build a wall to block the ocean waves from coming into your hole. And once we got the hot tub down and cracked that bottle of champagne. We, we were all just fucking digging away like fucking little. We dug for an hour. Like dad. It was like hard. little fucking dogs. Because the water kept ruining our hole. We had little shovels and yeah. fucking and eventually, our hands. And eventually. It got to a point where we were sitting there under... It was big enough for six dudes to be submerged in about, like, eight or nine inches. A sand hot tub. And we dug a little trench so every time a wave would come, it would cool it down a little bit because the water was was super hot. hot. It was 110 degrees. It was hotter than normal jacuzzi. And it was so... Okay, so we had the fucking hot tub that we were in on the sand with the waves crashing to the right of us, a fucking forest to the left of us, a full moon above us, clear skies, yep. stars in the sky. Champagne in our hands. What were we drinking? We were drinking champagne. We were passing, champagne. A, bottle. We were passing a bottle of champagne. And I remember, you know, the Bluetooth speaker was always going. Yep. And um, it was at a point where someone was like, I think you were just like, I think you should just turn that off. Oh, yeah. That was me. Which is, has never been said ever. Never been dope to do that. And never it, been, it was never been about turning music off. And we were all just kind of like, yes. Yeah, it was one of those moments that was so super real. And just the silence and the waves and the yeah. wind through the trees. And 
And just know it was we just were like, holy shit. And we were just going around just like, would you leave right now to fuck the hottest girl ever and get $5,000? We are like, no. Nah, never. Would you get ten grand to go on a yacht right now? If you had, like, we were just doing all these, like, crate, like, if you got paid to do something super cool, everything was like, nah. Everyone was like, no, this is, like, the perfect moment. That was one of the, one of the most perfect moments of my life. I don't think you can get more perfect than that. I mean, we could go back. I mean, there's dig a lot. Of, dig a bigger one. There's a lot of perfect moments, but I got to say, that was extremely supernatural. And I remember we woke up. We, we took a shower in the parking lot. We got the oh, van. Oh, yeah. That was about as cold as your shower right now. And we started. We started. Uh, we made our way down to Wellington, New Zealand. We, t- we drove our fucking RV on to a fucking ferry. We sailed to the <laughs> South Island of New Zealand. Keep in mind, this is the morning after we just spent the night. That ferry was dope, too. It was like a hotel yeah. on, on the boat. And we spent the night on a fucking jacuzzi on the beach. Now we're on a ferry carrying our RV from the North Island of New Zealand to the South Island of New Zealand. At this point, I was just like, okay, I know when I tell these stories one day, no one's going to believe me. And that's exactly why no one ever fucking believes me when I tell a story, which is why it's so fucking cool to talk to you. Yeah, the thing about everything we've been saying here is there, there is no hint of exaggeration. Nah. This is all just straight up facts. And uh, I remember we got to the South Island, and that, that was when it was just all insane. That was the first part of a six-week world traveling trip where we weren't focused on... Was it six weeks? I feel like it was three months. I thought it was like six to eight weeks. Because I remember I had Pablo. But that was the first July time... July to September. New Zealand, the South Island of New Zealand was the first time of the trip where we weren't going out to bars or getting fucked up every night. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. Because we had been. It was the only time where we were just completely trapped in nature. I loved it, man. I mean, we were like, we were completely just waterfalls, forests, mountains, glaciers. New Zealand is such an amazing country with so much to offer. Hey, listen. I remember one night we were in a small village called Fox Glacier. And we were traveling up this fucking road to go to this beach. And this girl comes walking. Walk- out? You were asleep. This girl comes walking down the road covered in blood. And she's like... <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Tell me, this, tell me this story for the first time, actually. Because I remember you were fucking with me. Saying her like arm was under the tire and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me the real story. I'll tell you the real story on record right now. We were driving the goddamn RV through a windy forest, dirt, gravel road in New Zealand for two hours to get to this little private beach. An hour up the road, we haven't seen a fucking soul or a car. All of a sudden, there's just a fucking girl walking down the street like a zombie, like limping. And we're like scared because her hair's all on her face. There's blood coming down from her forehead. We're like, what the fuck? She's holding one arm like really low by her knee, which is exaggerating the zombie limp. But we didn't realize her like, shoulder was popped out. And she's like waving down our car. And we're like, whoever was driving at the time was like, yo, yo, like, boys, boys, look at this, look at this. Like, Should I stop? This is some scary movie shit. We're in the middle of nowhere right now. And whoever was driving like stops the car, cracks the window. <laughs> I was like, can I help you? And she's like, yeah, I crashed my car out around the corner. I'm in a lot of fucking pain right now. I need to get to the hospital. Like, ah. I need fucking help. There's no one else around here on there. And we're just like, oh, fuck. Like, 
you know, your human instincts kick in and you're like, well, we got to save her life. And, uh, so we decide to, you know, kind of pick this girl up and take her to the hospital. We ask her, where's the nearest hospital? She's like, oh, it's, uh, you know, four hours away. We're like, oh fuck. Like we don't really got time for that or anything. She's like, all right, well, I live in this small little village about an hour back down the same road we just came from. So we're like, all right. She's like, you guys can take me to this bar in this village. My friend works there. She'll take me to the hospital, whatever, whatever. So she gets in her fucking van. She's And she steps into an RV with six dudes. And half of us were probably drunk. You were sleeping, Eli. Um, she gets in the car. She's covered in blood. We're like, oh my God, like we can't have someone like dying on our watch. But quickly we find out she's not in any condition to die, but she definitely has broken bones. She definitely has a concussion. Um, she was telling us a little bit about her life because we didn't have a long, a long trip ahead of us on the road. And uh, yeah, we drove her all the way back to Fox Glacier, New Zealand. Dropped her off at a bar. She ends up getting taken to the hospital or whatever. We end up going back down that same gravel road that we just fucking came back from to save her life. We make it to the beach. On the way to the beach, we see her fucking car that was completely flipped, totaled, fucked up. We pull over. We all fucking leave a note because she was actually hot. We all leave a note. Molly Riley. Yep. We all leave her a note on... uh, I was asleep for... All of this. I had no idea this occurred. Yep. And when they told me when uh, I woke up, I thought they were lying. So we leave her a note with like our Instagrams on there. Like, hey, let us know if you didn't die. You know? Sure enough, like three days later, we get a message from her like, hey, thank you for saving my fucking life. All this, blah, blah, blah. And we end up driving back from this beach that night. We go to a local bar in the same little village called Fox Glacier. We get fucked up. All of a sudden, we notice a van behind our van, like a van life van behind our van life van, and it's too. Uh, it's too. Wait, wait, wait! Let me stop you there. It was me, Eric, and Kevin Ferreira. I had passed out in the car. For you a and Zach. Was there one other person? Or was it just you two? Uh, me and Zach were taking a nap. Just you two in the car? Yeah. Okay, you, so- Zach, Bright, and Eric and Kevin were in the that fucking. No, bar. no, no, Bright. Bright, stay with you guys too. Okay, so it was you, Kevin, and Eric. So me, your brother, and Kevin. We go out to the local bar, and um, they're just destroying this girl's reputation. <laughs> they're just like going up to everyone, like trying to make small talk. You know, you you meet people, you find combat alleys with them. Like, yeah. oh, where are you from? Oh, I've been there. Like, oh, you know this girl Molly Riley? Yeah, she flipped her car, and we took her to the hospital. I'm just fucking cracking up, like you are destroying this, like this whole town. It's a small town. Yeah, everyone's gonna know. No, like. Tiny, tiny town. Tiny. Like, like, tiny. Like, like 300 people tiny or less. Like fucking everyone in that town was in that bar that we yeah. had to talk. And uh, so we meet these uh, these two guys named Ant and Antwer and, and, and Kahu. Kahu. Yeah. And uh, they, were they, they had these Maoris. They, were they had these, they, these New Zealand accent where they say, oh, my name's Kahu. Like... Somebody stole your car, you don't know who. <laughs> my name's Ant, like I got ants in my pants. <laughs> yeah, you could never forget it. Fucking great fucking guys. And uh, you were asleep. I was just with uh, with um, Kevin and Eric. And uh, they they're invited us into their van to come. Like I think they, they invited us to smoke weed. Yeah. And, you know, like we were saying before, you don't turn that down. This is like a, uh, like a, a, a fraternistic 
uh, offer. It's a a brotherhood thing. Yeah. I was like, you know, let's fucking bond. Yeah. And so uh, we get in the car and Eric's like, wait, you guys aren't going to murder us, right? <laughs> like, dude, shut the fuck up. Because they're these big native motherfuckers. And um, we get to talking about music and they're in the same shit. Me they and you were freestyling like crazy, like the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is this is exactly what me and Chuck are about. So I gotta go wake him up. We gotta get him in here. So we get in. You, I, I wake you and Zach up and get you in the car, and we're just smoking, freestyling, going around. We're in the back of like a Volkswagen van, and yeah, one of the one of the old VWs. And they had like unlimited supply of beer for whatever reason. Yeah, they they kept coming out of nowhere. Like, you mates want another beer, and we're just like, yep. It's just beer. They told us about homebrew doobies. And fucking Homebrew is a great hip-hop group mm-hmm. from New Zealand. Also Team Dynamite. I don't know where they're from, but it came up on my recommended on Spotify. Yeah, we had a really good night with those guys. Anyways, we should wrap this up. We're at two hours, and we can make know. another one. Yeah, we can talk for days about <laughs> a lot of this shit. Yeah. I forgot we were doing a podcast. Dude, are we even? All right, motherfuckers. We'll see you next time. Outro song, outro song. This is the end of the Casper Girls podcast. Outro song, outro song.